Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And good afternoon and happy end of the week. We're getting there, folks. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Ranieri as we close out the first week of April with you here mm-hmm. on the show on Fantasy Sports Today. And I know that normally in these situations, Joe, and you've been in broadcasting like I have for a long time, and for those people who have hosted daily shows or even people work in their daily life, mm-hmm. it's one of those, here's Friday, amazing and in our case, it's like, does it matter? Right. <laughs> what What's Saturday? What's Sunday? Do we even know? Like, every day is the same at this point. That's correct. Exactly. You know, I feel like it's just, um, I'm going, is it Tuesday? Is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? I don't know. You wake no, up, you're like, what, what, what is today? Like, what, what is happening? Now, I know the differences because I know that when my uh, kids have the mm-hmm. Zoom classes that they have to participate with, online and so we got to get ready for those and those are still going on and of course uh here on fantasy sports today uh as we close out the week by the way just as a heads up all weekend long on sports grid we got new programming for you uh you know a little bit different we got diamond bets and some other football shows and things like that but more or less for those of you who watch us every single day we're going to continue doing exactly what we're doing and this show is airing from 11 to 1 eastern every day Mm -hmm. Uh, But we will continue to deliver whatever is happening in the world of sports, news, Netflix, Tiger shows, whatever's happening, we're going to give it to you and we're going to talk to you about it for two hours. And so what you may want to do if you're watching on YouTube is just like and subscribe to the show. That would be really cool. Just hit that like button. Uh, Coming up on Monday, we've got the uh, next uh, Legends draft that I'm doing from Mm -hmm. 1990 to 1999. So we'll cover some of that next week. But before we get into next week, let's close out our Friday here and get into everything that has been going on uh, over the course of the week and even today. Let's start off uh, with some baseball news. Yesterday Mm -hmm. it came down, Joe, uh, ESPN reporting that A.J. Hinch and Jeff Luno, who were both suspended, Hinch the manager of the Astros, Luno Mm -hmm. the general manager, regardless of what happens in 2020, and we still have to be honest and clear, there's still a chance, there may not be a season, regardless if there is or not, They will be eligible to return in 2021. Evan Gaddis also had an interview recently Mm -hmm. after we discussed him uh, with the New York Post, uh, discussing everything that, uh, you know, kind of he went through, taking accountability for it, saying that they should be punished. But should baseball rethink this if there is no season? Because then essentially, from a baseball perspective, Luano and Hinch don't get suspended at all. And yeah. I think that right now no one cares and we're all consumed with trying to stay alive. But when reality starts kicking in and the baseball season, if it doesn't happen and we're talking about this next February, I mean, there, I mean, it, it, it would turn out that basically there was no on-field punishment for it if indeed someone was to rehire A.J. Hinch or Jeff Luno. And I think we both think at some point A.J. Hinch is going to be a manager again in the big leagues. Yeah, and, and Luno is going to be at somewhere also within an organization. And it's, uh, it you know, begs the question, listen, you've got Domingo Herman of the New York Yankees so suspended 81 games, right? So how does that work if you're a player with the suspension now? So let's say you only play 60 games this year. Is it is he good to go? Like after it's this good year? to go? Yeah. Is right? I mean, because how do yeah, I mean one's go. represented by the union? I get it, but I, that was I, part of the agreement. Suspensions right. basically are wiped out, and then right? they start fresh in 2000. So, start fresh in 2021. It is. It better be a level playing field for everybody, including anybody, uh, any PED guy, anybody that got suspended for any reason. Um, it needs to be the same for everybody. Otherwise, that's going to be a big problem. Yeah, it's interesting to see. And 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 if you go back and, and a couple of our previous shows, Joe and I have talked about the Astros. We talked about Evan Gaddis earlier mm-hmm. in the week. Just check those out on demand. We yep. really dove deeper into some of the Astros stuff and kind of where we stand with it now. Uh, over to football here for a minute. Let's get into some of the things that happened over the last 24, 48 hours that we have not discussed here on our show. Maybe some of the other shows discussed it, but we have not. Uh, The story that broke yesterday in the morning kind of percolated throughout the afternoon. Uh, I guess I missed out on a Derek Jeter story. I can't get them all, Joe. I mean, every once in a while, the CEO of the Marlins, I'm going to miss out on a story. I'm shocked you missed this. Well, you know, it's interesting because a couple of weeks ago, somebody posted a story 
Uh, I don't know if you saw this. It was a story that wasn't true, mm -hmm. uh, but it was a story about how uh, Brady was having dinner with Bill Gates and Derek Jeter and all these people in Tampa. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Jeter was at spring training in Jupiter, like at that same time on the same day in the middle of a pandemic. He did not go to Burn Steakhouse and eat a steak uh, with, with Tom Brady. But what he did do, acor according to Rick Stroud, who reported the story first this morning, right. uh, was rent his house out, indeed this is true, to Tom Brady. So essentially, that huge mansion that Derek Jeter has in Tampa, because now he is a South Florida resident as CEO of the Marlins, Tom Brady will be living in his palatial estate for at least one year. So good to see yeah. things will be very comfortable for Tom Brady when he's playing in Tampa. I'm with you. I am all excited. I mean, thank goodness for that, really. I mean, it's like 30,000 square foot, seven That's bedroom, nine bathroom, billiard room, uh, entertainment room. I mean, I mean, really... I'm so glad that he will not be inconvenienced in the uh, least bit. And I do believe, I think we measured six miles from Tampa Bay facilities, from the Bucks State. So, I mean, really good, good for you, Tom. I'm so glad it worked out. For you. Yeah, in fact, when uh, Jeter built that uh, land, it was, it's, you know, the uh, Raymond James Stadium is very close uh, mm -hmm. also to uh, Steinbrenner Field, which is That's where right. the Yankees play also. So it was a really good move by Jeter to do yep. that at the time. But being the CEO of the Marlins, he's going to live, uh, he, at least yeah. for now, here in South Florida. I was going to say, I don't think he was going, was there a lot of back and forth? I don't think there no. was. Right? No, yeah. it, initially there was at the beginning because he has, now he has two kids, but right. he had his wife and his baby there. But now, no, I mean, he's he's yeah. primarily, I mean, look, you're the owner of a baseball team and you're the CEO. So it's not like you're just like from afar. Like the other owner of the Marlins, his name is Bruce Sherman. Yes. And uh, he's the majority owner, the principal owner. He lives uh, on the west coast of Florida and he comes mm -hmm. in every once in a while. But yes. the CEO is in charge of the day to day operations. You got to be there. Marlins. You yeah. got to be there. Gotta and he's there in the early yep. in the morning to late at night. Uh, other NFL news uh, Derek Henry signs his franchise tender. I'm not sure that this really means a lot except for Henry's just uh, taking care of himself, which is a smart move at this point. Look, we know how much he meant to the Tennessee Titans. There are a lot of people in the fantasy industry, by the way, uh, that have had early conversations in terms of Derrick Henry, Joe, and they're all kind of thinking that there's some regression coming. Maybe there will, maybe there won't. I have, the, the, He was the most dominant running back we've seen in the NFL over a four- or five-week period mm -hmm. that we've seen in like 20 years, I think. I mean, this was like Terrell Davis style back yes. in the day about how good he was. But they're still hoping to work out a long-term extension with him. We know that the Titans just handed over a boatload for Ryan Tannehill. Do you think that they get a long-term deal done with Henry, or do they just say, hey, man, you got to play this season out at that tender? What do you think? Yeah, I don't think you get long-term deals with any uh, running backs after a while now. And, you know, we, we've talked about this. Listen, he came out of college, and there were some questions about how much Nick Saban used him, right? Like, we get, we get the same questions, Trent Richardson. We always get these questions around these running backs just – Nick Saban just buries them. I mean, let's face it, just uses them and runs them into the ground. And there's a lot of NFL franchises that are like, oh, I don't know about that. I, I'm glad that, listen, he's had a lot of success here. It's kind of taken him a little while to get it going. Uh, but if I'm a franchise, I'm never giving a second, that second contract, I'm not giving it to a running back ever. I mean, it's, it's brutal. I get it. But you, get, you lock him up in the first round. Four years, you're going to underpay. Franchise him, tag him for the next couple of years if he if he's not. Then after that, you got to move on. You got to move on. Yeah, and, and look, a good example of that is of course Melvin Gordon. Now, yes. I, I I hold Henry in a much higher esteem than I hold Melvin Gordon. But honestly, I mean, it may not be a bad idea for Henry to take a look at this thing and look at the landscape and yep. maybe maybe only do a two year deal for massive money instead of looking for your right. levy on Bell four five year deal. I just don't think that's going to happen. But I could understand from their perspective and from Henry's perspective, the Titans don't have that season at all last uh, year. The it's market, I, if I'm a running back, right, I am looking for what kind of year does Todd Gurley have this year. If Todd Gurley comes out and explodes and a change of scenery with Atlanta now, then he justifies the money he got. And then all of a sudden it becomes a Rams issue that they didn't use him correctly and that, you know, Sean McVay completely screwed the pooch here because if he's – not that same thing, then trying to get that kind of money at the running back position, everybody's going to look and go, yeah, but Todd Gurley, like, that's why you don't give him the money. So it'll be interesting and to see what, what kind I'm of saying. year. Todd Gurley, right. that's why you don't give him the money. Now, exactly. listen, quarterback, you have no choice. No, we talked no. about Foles yesterday. Yeah. You got to commit the money, yeah. and yep. you got to throw that dart.
And, if, and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yep. But if it works, it was worth the investment. Look, there's a look. no one is ever going to say that Jimmy Garoppolo deserves to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But the reality of the situation is you cannot find somebody as good as Jimmy G. Like, it's really hard unless you're going through the draft. And that's kind of the situation that a lot of teams uh, find themselves in. Speaking of which, we talked earlier about Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. His backup has now been set. Congratulations. Another season, Joe, of Blaine Gabbert. In the NFL, Blaine Gabbert goes from Jacksonville to San Francisco Ooh. to the Arizona Cardinals to the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. and it's the Tampa Bay Bucks again for uh, for Blaine Gabbert here in 2020. If I gave you a Vegas prop, a Vegas prop, and I said amount of games played minus 110 for Blaine Gabbert games played in 2020, your total is a half. You going over or under games played for Blaine Gabbert? Oh, definitely under. Definitely under. Yeah, he's not going to sniff the field. Uh, it's not. But, then, you know, he knows that. To me, um, I'd rather be Blaine Gabbert. Give me Blaine Gabbert because I'm getting that check. I get to hang out on the sideline. I'm in Tampa. I don't have to freeze my ass. I'm good to go, man. Like, Blaine Gabbert and whoever that sixth or seventh dude is on the NBA team that's making $12 million a year and plays three minutes a game, I want, I'm that guy, too. Give me that. I want that job. Yeah, it's it's amazing, man, that, that you forget guys are in the league. Like, it's true, though. You go back and you look at some uh, quarterbacks that have had really good careers. Mm. Gabbert wouldn't be one of them. But, like, I think <laughs> I, I think that Blake Bortles will play another five years in the NFL. He'll never play. Exactly. I, I'm not even sure where he is. I think he's somewhere. But I don't know where he is, but he'll he'll be there. You know, uh, the interesting one was I didn't realize Matt Hasselbeck played behind uh, Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, I think, for, like, five years. Didn't Correct. play at all. Yep. Yeah, he came back an extra year, too. I, it was, uh, he came back one more year. They, <laughs> there is a very lucrative and, lo- and long career available for quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I do think Jameis Winston's going to be in that category. Jameis Winston could play in the league another 10, 12. You know, they Vin- all could, yeah. Vinny Testaverde Back comes up. to mind. Oh, yeah, Guys that could one. play yeah. just don't have to. Have, we, you know what you are. They know what you are. But you know what? There's always going to be a spot. Hell, I mean, McGowan was in what? The studios doing a show last year, and now he's the Eagle. He was the Eagles' backup quarterback playing. Yeah, played in that playoff game. There's a career there for a backup, a long one, too. Yeah, in fact, they let, if I'm not mistaken, they used to let McCown leave yes. the facility on Thursday nights and come right. back Saturday to coach yep. his kid Correct. On, on Friday nights in high yep. school football. And that's the player that they had starting. In the uh, in the playoffs for the Eagles, so yeah. that's a good career, guys. That's not uh, nothing wrong with that, and they're uh, perfectly content with possibly never playing a snap. Charlie Whitehurst, remember that guy? Oh my, the same the same situation. Been a hundred years on the Hoyer, and, and eventually they get their chance to start. Exactly. It doesn't work out. They got paid, and then they go back to being a backup for, for ten years. And it's, their uh, placeholder is a good place to be. Geno Smith is still in the league. Is he now? I oh, yeah. he's backing up in Seattle, so he's yeah, he's good to go. Yep. Yep. Why Mark, not? They, I, I remember last year when they announced Mark Sanchez retired. I'm like, retired? Like, yeah, he's been on Denver for the last five years. Like, what? I don't even remember all that. So. Listen, I, to me, there's, even in coaching, same situation. Some guys are just better vice presidents than they are presidents. I think Todd Bowles is one of those guys. I think Todd Bowles is the perfect number two guy for a team. For a guy, Not a great head coach, but just assistant. one of the best assistant yeah. coaches that you will ever have. And Guys are that that's okay. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, Dom Capers, yes. Chan Gailey. Yes, exactly. Uh Wiz yep. and Hunt is yep. probably another one of those. The only one that get, keeps getting fired is Mike McCoy. I don't know. Every time he, he sucks. Yeah, keeps pretty much. Back, he keeps terrible. getting fired wherever he goes. <laughs> uh the, and the, and another interesting story uh that came out uh in the NFL that and this is one that caught me by surprise is Alden Smith. I haven't heard his name in a while. Amazing. Uh this guy was a beast with the San Francisco 49ers, yep. and of course he was suspended. So it should come as no surprise if you're coming off a suspension in the NFL, there's only three teams that you could sign with. One, New England, of Mm -hmm. course. Two is the Raiders. And then three, the Dallas Cowboys, right? Mm -hmm. That's correct. And so, of course, Dallas is uh, the landing spot for him. Now he's got to go through all kinds of things to get back on the field. But why is it? It's it's ironic. Now, look, someone will say, you know, in retort to this that's watching, what about the Bengals? No, no, no. The Bengals have all their guys getting in trouble before they leave and go somewhere else. But those three teams that I mentioned, they always take on the guys that have got some issues or had some problems. And you know what? A lot of times it ends up working out for them, too. That's correct. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, there is um, 
Alden Smith, to me, when he was in this league, right, those first three years with San Francisco. Oh, ridiculous. Guy was just unbelievable. I mean, I, tough background. I mean, the, the backstory is it's brutal with the guy. And he's been clean and sober, though, they say, for a couple of years now. Interesting enough, though, his, uh, his best years in San Francisco were under the position coach, a guy by the name of Jim Tom Sula. Who also now I happens him. He was to a be, head coach at one point, right? Yes, that's right. And he was Alden Smith's uh, defensive line coach. And his best years with Tom Sula, who also now happens to be the defensive line coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, Jerry's got nothing to lose. Uh, Two million dollars, maybe four at tops if he delivers. But if this guy is half as good as what he was, um, they stole. Uh, that, an absolute steal, Alden Smith, for $2 million. Yeah, and, and listen, this is, this is what happens, and it keeps yep. happening, is that the teams that are smart and the teams that are shrewd end up getting it done, and the teams that are not willing to take those chances, well, they uh, keep finding themselves at the, uh, at the bottom of the barrel, yeah. for sure. Uh, real quick, uh, the latest Tua update. Uh, apparently, he had uh, another medical test, mm. Joe. It's like, like a daily update here on Tua. Um, where uh, the NFL, the 32 teams decided as to which doctor would end up looking at him. Mm-hmm. It was an independent doctor, and he he's proclaiming he's 100%. Does does it speak more to you believing that Tua is 100% because he's going through all this, or does it speak more to that he's not 100%, that he like feels nervous that he has to show all this? Which Which is it? Is it that he's nervous and he's not, and he's trying to prove that he is, or is it that he is super confident and just wants to show for his confidence level because I haven't seen a player go through this uh, for any kind of draft in a long time. Yeah, I, well, first of all, he's not 100%. He can say it all he wants. Who's he kidding? But I, I do think that there is, and he knows it, there's a lot of concern about his health. Otherwise, listen, if I'm 100%, I don't need to explain to you that I'm no 100%. Need to, right? Right? I don't. Well, I you think. know I'm 100%. Um, people around and NFL teams are very, very... Uh, shall we say, um, handy when it comes to being able to find out what they need to find out about players. And I think the word out on the street, we've heard it a number of times, is that his health is a question. Two surgeries on on ankles plus the broken hip. There's a lot of question marks, and he's doing a, ba- a great PR job going, no, guys, there's nothing to see here. I'm, I'm healthy, really. Eh, no, no, you're not. You're not healthy. Yeah. I don't think we see a lot of him this year regardless. Okay. Uh, Coming up next, this day in fantasy sports history and our fantasy sports birthdays. Well, some fantasy sports birthdays, not all. We'll cover whose birthday it is in sports on Friday, April the 3rd. When we come back next, right here, this is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish and Joe Ranieri. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri. Happy Friday to you. Hopefully you have some big things planned for the weekend, like taking a walk or hanging out in the backyard or just relaxing. Any big plans? I mean, Joe, you actually don't have eight shows on Saturday. You'll be back with me, unfortunately, on Sunday. But, That's right. Uh, but what is it that, I mean, how are you going to relax? How are you going? Are you going to unplug at all on Saturday? What are you going to do? Um, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I got uh, not one day. Still got a lot of uh, programming here that um, that uh, I need to uh, do my part in to make sure that it goes off here on I the can't network. Get you a break. Yep. Yeah, I wish I could, but uh, I do dabble a little bit in the uh, in the ponies on the weekend. Uh, oh, good gives for me, you. You gives me a little it. time to unwind and. Uh, I'm rooting for you. Couple online poker tournaments, but yeah, no, other than that, we're good to go. Good. We are. We're ready to go. I okay. sleep. Good. Good. I'm happy to hear that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish off before we we're back here on Monday. Uh, I'm gonna finish off uh, Ozark. I'm, I mean, what, what I'm trying to do, do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've. It's. It's really actually interesting. Um. Uh, my wife and I, we've decided to pace ourselves with the show. Okay. 
So I think it's like the opposite of binge watching right now. So what we're trying to do is like make it a nightly nine, ten o'clock thing after the go. kids are asleep. And it, what's what's really hard is that the show is good. You know that. I don't want to ruin it. But you get to the end of every episode, it like sucks you into the next. That's right. We're just shut it down. Oh, We're just shutting it down. Because if you. we finish it, then what's on? You know? So true. <laughs> so no, true. You, you got to space it out a little bit, space it out. That's all. Yeah, one episode a night. I think we got like three or four left. It'll we'll let that to... wine breathe, man. Let it breathe. I agree. Right? I yep. agree with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yep. 100% on that. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so it's April 3rd. Uh, you guys just have a huge response to us doing birthdays and this day in sports. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. But either way, response or not. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, so here it is. This day in sports, April 3rd. Uh, today's April 3rd, 2020. So these are the past things that have happened. Now, let's get started. I wanted to throw some hockey in here for our hockey friends who are mm-hmm. watching. I know a lot of people in Canada watch this, too. Uh, 1988, Joe, Mario Lemieux wins the NHL scoring title. Why is this important? Because Wayne Gretzky had won seven in a row before yep. Mario Lemieux uh, won that title. I mean, I, I think it's pretty much without question that Wayne Gretzky is considered the best hockey player of all time. I have to tell you, I am not a hockey expert. I'm aware of the game. I followed the game. I know who some of the best are. But it, 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 is Lemieux considered the second best player of all time, Joe? Like, yeah. is he? Yeah, yeah. He is. And, and, uh, it's generational, too. But yes, I mean, it was as far as scoring goes, I you'd be hard pressed to find anybody, you know. It, if you grew up with Lemieux, it's Lemieux. It's like if you grew up with Jordan, it's Jordan, right? And if you grew up with Kobe, it was Kobe. And it's the same kind of thing in hockey. Gotcha. But when you're looking, I mean, from scoring, uh, Lemieux, think about the dominating, uh, how dominating that Lemieux was for taking over for really Gretzky, for, you know, Gretzky for as, as long as he did it for. Then you get Lemieux for as long as he did it for. Uh, you know, the, every sport, especially hockey, has that decades-long dominant player. They play here. a long time in hockey. They, they played forever. Play. He, he was in the 40s, too, and then, uh, yeah, he, he did his part. Then he he passed the baton off, of course, Sidney Crosby now. Sure. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, there's always there's always that one prolific oh, scorer. Yeah. Ovechkin. Ovechkin, right. exactly. Ovechkin right. now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I know a little bit about hockey. It's yep. an interesting uh, story before we get back uh, to uh, this day in history. Mm-hmm. So I, I was working on the west coast of Florida. I used to be a television reporter in uh, the Sarasota, Bradenton area. Mm-hmm. I worked for almost uh, three and a half years, four years for the ABC affiliate there. And we get a call one day, and this is the day that Wayne Gretzky retired. So you okay. can go back and figure, okay. And it's just some call from a hockey station, uh, not a hockey station, I want to say a station in Canada. I don't even remember what it was at the time, but a TV station. And they said, listen, um, Gordy Howe lives in Sarasota. Would you be willing to go with a video camera and we'll set the whole thing up and you interview Gordy Howe and we'll air it on our network? I'm like, wow, like I didn't even know he lived here. So I was like, all right, so cool. So, uh, you know, this is this is kind of, I think, before cell phones, too. We're we're going back to like early 2000s, even before that. So uh, before we go, the the producer then calls. He's like, listen, there's one thing I want to tell you before you interview Gordy. Okay. Like, he really likes to be referred to as Mr. Hockey. So I'm like, all right. Like, I didn't really know what that means. Right, but, exactly. But I'll go with it. Right. But, and then I looked online on the internet. I'm like, okay, and this is the old AOL internet. I'm like, okay. And it's like, oh, he's in a book, Mr. Hockey. Yep. Fine. So I go to his house, knock on the door. I'm, you know, wife comes to the door, lets us in, whatever. We say, oh, Mr. Hockey, how are you? Good, good, good. And then, like, I just keep referring to him as Mr. Hockey. And then Gordy Howe says, um, you know, I do like the nickname Mr. Hockey, but why do you keep calling me that? Like, like funny, like, why you keep, I'm like, I don't know. I was told to keep referring to you as Mr. Hockey. He's like, oh, stop it. That's ridiculous. My publicist always says that. Right. I always, I always tell him not to do it. That's and now great. you're another, and yeah, I was like, oh, good, because it feels really stupid not calling you Gordy. Like over and over again, I'm like, so Mr. Hockey, Mr. So, Mr. Mr. Hockey. Yeah. Looking, looking down at the sheet, Mr. Hockey, Mr. Hockey. Right. And I'm like, oh. So, yeah, that, that true story. So we interviewed You didn't even Gordy know Howe. he lived I, there. I had no idea that's that he lived funny. in Sarasota. Yeah, they called up and they're like, can you? And that's happened a few times. It happened also with Bo Shebbeckler. 
Oh, they, well, the okay. same thing happened. Uh, something happened. Why did we interview Bo Schembeck? It was something to do with Michigan. Maybe they won the championship or no, something. Bo, yeah, or right. Absolutely. Coach. I don't remember what it was, but they wanted us. And they're like, yeah, Bo Schembeck lives on this street. Can you go interview him? I'm like, wow. Schembeck, really? So I did that, too. But they didn't tell me to refer to him as Mr. Schembeck. Yeah, no, exactly. Mr. Football. <laughs> Mr. Football, right. All right. Another story from Craig's history. Yeah, love it. Okay, 1991. This was uh, almost the end of the line when Bo Jackson made his comeback. Remember, he played for many years with the Kansas City Royals uh, and then had that terrible hip injury, which derailed the best athlete that I've ever seen in yep. my time. Absolutely. In 1991, he signs a one-year deal with the Chicago White Sox. He, of course, played with the Angels as well. But it was very sad. He couldn't run. It was really amazing that he could even still try and play. If you want to go back and Google the stats, you'll see that he was very effective even in the 50, 60 games that he played for these teams. But it was, he, was, he was a shell of the guy that he was with Kansas City, and this was him yep. basically right before the season started getting back into baseball and signing with the White Sox. But Joe, uh, Bo Jackson, to me, was the greatest athlete of our generation, and it's, it's hands down not close to be able to accomplish what he did. Only two guys that, uh, to me, that came to mind that Bo Jackson was one of them, and uh, Dion is maybe the most decorated uh, dual athlete that we've ever seen, and uh, he was just in a in a class uh, all his own too. I mean, the guy's got what Super Bowl rings, World Series appearances. I mean, yeah, uh, and yeah. playing half a year in each, I, just playing a full year in the NFL and half a year in, in Bay, just crazy um, what he was able to accomplish everywhere he went. The guy won, and Bo Jackson, I think, would have been right there with him. Honestly, uh, if, yeah. If Bo Jackson doesn't get hurt, I, we're, he's there. We're talking about yep. him every day. Yeah, like, he, he he might he's... very well be leading. He might have every record in the running back position, and of That's course, right. and home runs too. And a three, he would yep. have hit three, four hundred home runs without without a doubt. All star uh, game MVP. Yep. Also, forget how good Bo Jackson Remember was. He, just how big he was compared to everybody. Oh, yeah. It was unreal. Yeah, real sad that, yeah. that his career went. He kept trying to play, even though he when had the When did bad the Yankees hit. have him? After the White Sox? or Why do you, why do you think everybody's always on the Yankees? Wasn't was the, why do I remember no. him in a Yankees uniform? You, you remember everybody in a Yankees Good uniform. Good point. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. He was never on the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe it was an old-timers day game. I remember him in there, one, one or the other. Reggie Jackson. Reggie, exactly. Well, no, that's enough. But, yes, <laughs> I, I, it was a we, sad we, day. We have figured uh, Joe Ranieri pictures everyone in a Yankees. That's right. Sad, sad day that was. I can tell you that. Okay. Uh, 1995, UCLA beats Arkansas to win the NCAA championship. Uh, Tyus Edney on UCLA, Arkansas with Corliss Williamson and that unbelievable team uh, coached by Nolan Richardson, who didn't lose a game all season long. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. Arkansas was a huge favorite in the game. Tyus Edney had like a hand issue, if I'm not mistaken, going into the game. Uh, I was in a pool, March Madness pool at the University of Florida. I had a lot, I mean, for me, a lot of money. I, I think that if Arkansas had won, I would have won like $1,000. It went right down to the end, and UCLA beat them. And I'm like, there's no possible way. I picked Arkansas. How could that be? Now, it wasn't a gambling situation then, Joe. It was like a March Madness pool, but I was devastated. I remember having Arkansas in this. Oh, my goodness. Now, who was the coach then uh, of the... Uh... Who was the coach of the uh, Bruins then? Wasn't it? Um, Lavin? Yeah, right? Wasn't it? I think that was that was pretty much it from that particular point on. They yeah, were a beast. Yeah, one year. Yeah. Uh, maybe O'Bannon was on that team. Uh, O'Bannon. I think he was the favorite. I think he was the MVP, too. Um, yeah. yeah, he was the MVP, too, as well. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely oh. awesome. And then that was it. They went back to obscurity. No, that was done. Yeah, they yep. got in trouble again, and that was the end of Yeah, that. well, that was the end of that. So. Yeah. All right, 2019. This is last year, this time, April 3rd. How about this one? I didn't realize this happened. Just shows you how I followed the NBA last year, unfortunately. Greg Popovich, tough year for the Spurs, mm. ejected in 63 seconds, which is an NBA record. Now, why is this so fast? It's because he didn't even have a technical going into that 63 seconds. Yep. He got two technicals in 63 seconds. He's thrown out of the game. And Pop, one of the best NBA coaches of all time, future Hall of Famer, without a doubt, when he's done, that's not a record that I'd really want to be showing off. But regardless, that's what happened. I didn't, I didn't, do you remember this, Joe? I don't remember this happening. Yeah, I remember because we made fun of it, too. I remember being on, uh, on air and uh, going okay. that he had, dinner, he had a dinner appointment, like there was something else going on that uh, he wanted nothing to be a part of. You know, that is so Popovich. Reminds me of... Uh, 
uh, that uh, in Hoosiers, the movie Hoosiers, right? When, uh, when Gene Hackman uh, goes over and gets thrown out uh, just so he can pass the baton over to the, right. uh, to the guys. And let it, I, the same thing with Pop. Like, the guy, he knows exactly what he's doing at all. Popovich very rarely does anything that he does that isn't already have a purpose and uh, a plan behind it. So there you go. That's this day in sports yeah. from from 2020 all the way back in history. We'll pick these out every day for you guys here mm-hmm. on Fantasy Sports Today. So uh, by the time we get to next week, I mean, a lot of early April, Joe, is, of course, pe- uh, teams winning the college basketball championship. Yeah. I was actually going to go back to Gator to the to another Gators one, but since we did them yesterday, I figured, you know, figured we'll... That was nice of you. Yep. Yeah. All right, so in terms of birthdays... Ooh! Yes, wait. this is the big moment that okay. we all wait for Come every on. single day. The birthdays. Okay, we're starting off, yes, Peekaboo Street, the Olympic champion. Wow. 1971 was born this Oof. day in history. I threw her in there. Why not? That's uh, fantastic of you. Yes, yeah, love give, that. Give some credit to the Olympians, especially yep. when there's no Olympics Exactly, this year. yep. All right, uh, 1982. This was a very dominant player that doesn't get talked about a lot in the NFL. I wonder if there's a chance for Jared Allen uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. He's not eligible yet, but he will be in a couple of years. Jared Allen ended up playing a very high level for the Kansas City Chiefs, very high level for the Minnesota Vikings. I didn't even remember that he went and he played for the Bears and then even Carolina at the end. But check out these sack numbers from Jared Allen. Happy birthday to Jared Allen. Listen to this. 11, 7.5, 15.5, 14.5, 14.5, 11, 22, 12, 11.5, 136 uh, sacks. So, I mean, I I don't know what – really determines whether or not you get into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But it would seem to me that he would certainly have a chance to. He's uh, basically, in terms of sacks, he's 12th all-time on the all-time list. But, I mean, they look at sacks differently now than they used to, Joe, because he's just they, – they call they would call Jared Allen now in the NFL draft an edge rusher, right? They don't even call him a defensive That's correct. Player. Yep, that's absolutely correct. He, uh, just a beast, a guy that wrecked. And I mean wreck games. Um, and I, I remember him there towards the end, even with – he still had a little left in the tank, even with the Bears and, uh, of course, Carolina there too. Uh, I think when Cam- – I think he was on the team that went to the Super Bowl against Denver. Um, I'm thinking he was a, a part of that. Julius Peppers, like he, he was really, really good. One of those underrated guys every time, but uh, a guy that was pretty dominant for an extended period of time with multiple teams. Yeah, for sure, for yep. sure. So happy birthday, Jared Allen. And then uh, finally, we'll cap it off with our baseball birthdays. Two players mm-hmm. we actually have heard of. Yep. That's, that's good. Uh, Jay Bruce, of course, coming down to the line to the end of his career, but has had a phenomenal baseball career. You you kidding me? You played 10 years in baseball, hitting 20, 30 home runs. Mm-hmm. Jay Bruce now with the Philadelphia Phillies. He was born in 1987. And then Jason Kipnis, who... You know, honestly, Joe, in our fantasy world, dropped like a rock. This guy was really a good player for a long time and then mm-hmm. just, boom, fell off uh, trying to make the roster with the Chicago Cubs this yeah, year. Yeah, strange. And um, it, know, at ve- this stage, who knows what, who makes what. But, yeah. uh, but keep this at this stage because of you know not having Addison Russell there at shortstop and you know Javier Baez moving over. I mean, he certainly could make it there. They have a couple of other players. Uh, one is this infielder, a rookie named Nico Horner. So, I mean, Kip, this will only have to beat out a couple of guys, but he was a non-roster invitee. So who knows when spring training kicks he back in, if he'll make awesome. it or not. Yeah, I mean, from a home fantasy runs. standpoint, yeah. for yeah, a couple really of years. Yeah, for a couple of years, he was dominant when in the fantasy world. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, he got old, I guess. Yeah, well, he got, got the yips. You know, the, the golfers get that, too. All of a sudden, you can't... Uh, you don't see the ball as well as you used to. Yeah, no, it happens. And so yep. those are our uh, those are our birthdays mm. for today. I'm, I'm still I'm still waiting for that one day that we have like some superstar. Like we've been doing this now for a week. We have yet to have like a real superstar. Yeah, no, my dear. Yeah. Was Kipnis on the Yankees? <laughs> Why do I? I'm waiting for that. Why do I think Jason Kipnis played a couple of years? And ago? by the way, I just saw I'm not crazy here. Bo Jackson was drafted by the Yankees out of high school, but he went to Auburn. So I'm just going to let me just throw you it out. That's your Yankee connection. No, you, you said that you remember seeing him in a Yankees well, uniform. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, maybe a couple of memes of what could have been. But, yes, I, I, there was a tie-in there somewhere. I knew hey, it. Hey, Karen, I got to play for the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs>
Aaron. I mean, Lasorda, wasn't he a Yankee? Didn't he a manager there for a while? I don't, I don't uh, think so. Goodness. All right, uh, lots more to come. Less shenanigans uh, a little bit All later right. in the show. Uh, coming up next, this was really interesting. Trevor Bauer, a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, decided to go on YouTube and essentially show why he was so bad against the player. We got to talk about this, so we'll yep. do that next. Uh, also, a little bit later in the show, something new that we're going to do for you guys is kind of go through a historical perspective on stadiums. We'll find out which places Joe has been to. We'll find out which places I have been to. We'll talk about some of the greatest players to play in those stadiums as well. Maybe we leave somebody out. You can always let us know for sure. Leave the comments on YouTube or hit us up, of course, on social media at SportsGrid. And you can even send one to me at Craig Bish. We'll take a quick time out on FST, and we'll be back right after this, right here on SportsGrid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish along with Joe Ranieri. Stay tuned because in hour number two, we're going to bring in Gray Albright from Razball. So that mm. would probably end up being a wild segment. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up in hour number two of the show. Or if you're watching on demand or if you're watching on YouTube, just hit that fast forward button. because That will be a little bit later on in the show. But right now we are uh, doing the show for you guys here on SportsGrid, sportsgrid.com. And you know, one of the great things uh, about this time, if there if there are great things to discuss, is that it gives players and athletes more time to really engage fans mm -hmm. and think about what would move the needle as far as fans are concerned. Now, Joe, you follow baseball like I do, mm -hmm. and you know that there are a few players in particular mm -hmm. that are more outspoken than others. Yeah. And I would say that if you asked, not the average baseball fan, because the average baseball fan may not be paying attention, but if you asked a baseball fan, mm -hmm. okay, give me the player who is on social media, who mm -hmm. is talking more than everybody else, and who, for better or for worse, is always saying things about the game, <laughs> I think that everybody would point to Trevor Bauer, Joe. Yes. I, I think that he's without a doubt the top guy. Am, yep. I, am I off on that at all? Uh, no, you're not, you're not at all. And it's uh, that kind of, uh, a kind of personality, a guy that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, when he was, and this is all you need to know about Trevor Bauer, he was traded, right, from the Indians to the Reds, but yet went to the Indians game and was actually right. mingling with the fans, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that? That's true, Trevor. Ba he was just traded, but went and hung out with the fans and watched the Indians game. He did. I thought you were going to mention he got traded from Arizona because they didn't really believe in what he thought that he should be doing as far as uh, yeah, pitching well, is concerned. He got traded over to Cleveland and then yep. traded again to Cincinnati. And, yep. and look, he could very well be one of those players that wears out his welcome pretty quickly. Bauer has stated before that he wants to be a guy that signs a one-year contract every single year. Never hear that from, from any athlete. Maybe no. Ricky Williams back in the day. I remember yes. Ricky Williams wanted to want to prove it to you. Right. Um, I have a perfect, no offense, Trevor, or no offense, Joe, if somebody wants to sign me to a five-year deal, I, I don't need to prove it. You can don't, sign me to a five-year deal, right? Not at all. I don't need to prove anything uh, at all. But that's who he, I mean, that's, you know, he did a couple of podcasts uh, also that were very informative too, kind of uh, gloves off kind of thing. He's he just a uh, few fries short of a happy meal, that Trevor Bauer. But that's what makes him the pitcher kind of pitcher he is. Yeah, and before we we speak about him, I want you know you may say, well, why why are we bringing him up on the show? First of all, he did a great job yesterday. Uh, spent some time watching a YouTube video and essentially. I mean, would you believe this, Joe? All the video was mm -hmm. uh, were at bats of him versus a hitter on the Minnesota Twins named Max Kepler, mm -hmm. and Kepler ended up at some point during the 2019 season hitting five straight home runs off him That's in right. his at bats. Yep, five straight home runs. Now it didn't happen at the beginning of the season, but Bauer took the extra step in this 34-minute video to show you all of his. Uh, his pitches against Kepler from the beginning of the season right. all the way to the end, and the adjustments that Kepler made against him 
that that enabled him to be able to hit these home runs. So those of you who are watching, you don't know what I'm talking about, just go to YouTube. You can just search yep. Trevor Bauer and you'll find it. Crazy. But Joe, like the reason why I'm so impressed here is because in this day and age where everybody has to be right and everybody has to be great, here is a guy that, and look, he may think that. I don't know. I don't know him personally. Like other ball players, I could tell you more about them than I can about him. I've right. never talked to him extensively, exception, I think, was in an all-star game. But here is here is somebody that's in, willing to show how they did wrong and how somebody else got the better of him. And to right. me, that is just so refreshing to be able to see that. Now, look, he may do his next video and show how he struck out somebody 15 straight times in a row. I don't know. Maybe that's what's next. Right. But at least for this 30-minute video, I learned a lot about pitching. I learned a lot about uh, batters making adjustments. Yep. And in this time where guys have free time, I think that it was right up my alley as to something that I wanted to see. Well, I mean, let's face it. Um, somebody else was doing their homework, and that was Kepler, because, you know, you don't, you don't have that kind of success against a guy unless you are willing to be able to do the work necessary to go back and review and, and figure out what is Trevor Bowers tell, how's he approaching it. Um, it's a game of adjustments, and those that uh, put the time and effort into it, uh, you know, it's not everyone can just throw 99 miles an hour. There's, uh, there's a sequence, there's a method behind the madness. Trevor Bauer putting in the, uh, the work here. So I'm uh, going to be very interested, whenever that may be, uh, interested to see exactly how he approaches this year. Yeah, and uh, certainly let's take a look at Trevor Bauer, mm -hmm. what he did last year uh, on the field in 2019. And look, it was, you know, I think it was the adjustments just didn't get there like he would have wanted him to. Uh, with with Cleveland, he was basically an all-star. And, and look, in, in terms of fantasy, if you're saying, give you know, pick a guy to guarantee a strikeout 200, 250 guys, he's the guy. Yep. But the other numbers were clearly not nearly as good uh, in terms of ZRA went up last year, his whip went up. But Joe, where he really struggled in a big way was Cincinnati. And so mm. that kind of begs the question to me, Joe, there are some ballparks that you you virtually cannot pitch in, yep. and it's very hard to have success. The ones that are our go-tos, and it's really easy statistically to point to, one is, of course, Coors Field in Colorado. The other one is Chase Field in Arizona. Right. But, Joe, you follow the numbers and the totals. Is it possible to you know, have an all-star type season in Cincinnati? And when you think about it over the past, what, 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. yes, yeah, Sonny Gray was, was good last year. Luis yep. Castillo's been pretty good over the last couple yep. of years. But you go back, like, well, who are we talking about? Like, Aaron Harang? Like, they just, it, it's, it just seems as though once they've moved yep. into this park, it becomes really problematic for the starting pitching. It's been a long time. I mean, when's, uh, you know, it's been a long, long time since we've said, wow, you know, that Reds rotation, that starting rotation is lights out. It's been, it's been really really a long time and i don't even know i i'm trying to even go back and this is the new ballpark too so what year are we talking about where uh how long is that has that ballpark been open now it's almost 15 years yeah right so i can't remember once i mean listen you mentioned sunny gray sunny gray made some adjustments wasn't happy with the yankees obviously those that remembered there he uh, was a yankee it, thank you very much see he was a yankee and i remember because he lost me a lot of money in a yankee uniform <laughs> Um, but you know, he was upset with the way they were making him pitch. He thought, you know, there was, uh, they made him try to throw too many sliders and he wasn't happy. So the adjustments he made were really, really good. And he was kind of the go-to guy, uh, there in Cincinnati. But I think there's also a huge adjustment, American league to national league, isn't there? I mean, everything you're talking about. It a is, guy but that, usually that, yeah, but usually when they go to the NL, they pitch better almost every time. You think it favors the pitcher, you think, from American League? Oh, yeah, you face the pitcher, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. So a little bit easier there. Um, he had a couple of, by the way, that those numbers that he has up there. I remember there were a couple of... Um, I give up like 10 runs in one start. Yeah, there yeah. was yeah, there was some tough games there that he should have won that they ended up, uh, the bullpen blew for him too. Right, but that ERA is six in Cincinnati. Yeah, no, it ain't good. Don't get me wrong. But, it, yeah, you know, it's... It was a couple of bad outings kind of set the uh, tempo there. And it's tough. Middle of the season, you know, hey, pack up your bags and go. And he's hanging out with the fans in Cleveland before he leaves. And it's, it, the whole thing was just a mess as far as that goes. But, listen, new year, new start, new ability. But I can't think of a Cincinnati Reds pitcher that we looked back on and was like, ha-ha, 
Yes, this is, uh, I, from no. a fantasy perspective, I, are you drafting Reds pitchers ever over the last 15 years? No, I mean, I, I think you're forced to. You, you I right. mean, Tanner Roark they brought in last year. Yes. Um, yeah, no, they just, they haven't had a lot of uh, success stories there. And, you know, when you look at it, you know, we could take a look at their rotation for this year. It does seem to, to me, at least on paper, Joe, that this looks like the best Reds rotation that they've had in mm-hmm. 2020 in a while yep. um, with Castillo at the top and then uh, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, Anthony mm-hmm. DiScalfani, and uh, and Wade Miley in the back mm-hmm. end. So, I mean, it seems to be a pretty good rotation for me. Bullpen's halfway decent, too. I mean, uh, you know, I always look at the ballparks and try to figure out what, what what's the bullpen? Uh, what are the relievers in Cincinnati? Uh, been like here, and what what kind of success have they had over the last fifteen years? I think that'll tell you a lot as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that look, the one thing that you can't always quantify is the ballpark situation. Right. And the other part of it with Cincinnati is that most people feel that not just the Reds, mm-hmm. but the National League Central is really conducive to hitting a lot of home runs and a right. lot of power. Without a doubt, we've seen that anybody with a pulse that's left-handed in Milwaukee could end up hitting 30 or 40 home runs. That's no indictment on Christian Yelich, nope. but it's just the truth. Like, yep. you look at all of the guys who uh, who go through there. Mm-hmm. They had Travis Shaw hit 30 home runs. He's done. Jesus Aguilar, 30 mm-hmm. home runs. They shipped him out. Um, uh, Pittsburgh seems to be a pretty hitty, uh, hitter-friendly park. park also, yep. PNC Park. So. Maybe it's not just a Reds thing. It could right. be a division thing. But I just think specifically that Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati is is predominantly one of the best hitters parks in the game. Yes. Um, the way that I stack Cincinnati's rotation up against some others is probably, honestly, middle of the road. And I'll explain why. I think Castillo is not really an ace. I think he's more of a number two starter in the mm-hmm. big leagues, but he's okay. forced to be an ace in this situation. Right. Uh, Bauer actually has the potential to be the ace. I could see Bauer being the best pitcher on this team, but he's got to prove that, and, and right. that goes without saying. Uh, Sonny Gray's got to go take a step back from where he was last year. Sonny Gray had like his best year since he was with Oakland, yep. and, and I don't see him doing that again this year. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Bauer is their number three. DiScalfani had an injury, missed a year. He came right. back. He looked pretty good last year. Mm-hmm. And and I don't really look at a fifth starter for any baseball team and, right. and say anything one way or the other because everybody's fifth starter is, is hit or miss. This isn't like it was in the 80s or the 90s yeah. or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's improved. It's better. You've heard of the names on the Reds. It's right. not like they're throwing out trash like they used to on opening day. And honestly, they, they probably – could get three or four quality starters mm-hmm. out of this. But I, I really, direction-wise with the Reds, it's always perplexing to see what they're going to do because, um, you know, they, they really, outside of this past year when they went out and they got Castellanos to play in right. the outfield, they really never make those strong financial commitments. No. And it's been like, uh, we'll sign a guy to a year, see what happens. Yep. Remember they traded Todd Frazier years yep. ago? Yep. So I, I'm not completely sold on them. I think their total before all this n- nonsense happened was around 80 games. They were expecting a big year from them, but still not 100% sold. No, and, and you got to look at the division too as well. So, I mean, are the Cardinals uh, any better or any worse than, than what they are? Um, the Brewers, I think we all probably uh, the class. I, I don't know what to make of the pitching staff for Chicago. Um, and, you know, talk about a ballpark that, whoo, uh, totally different. Uh, the wind blowing in. I mean that those ballparks and those games were uh, definitely give me the six or under there uh, for right. a lot of those. But uh, you know, to me, they're just. I look at Cincinnati like, yeah, they're kind of middle of the road. Maybe if it's a good year, they finish second, but they're probably third in the in the division, and that's what Feels Cincinnati like is. You know, I mean, nothing, yeah. uh, nothing great unless they can put it together, but. I, I don't know. I, I think Puig's power is probably going to be missed a little bit there. Um, I don't know what to expect from that bullpen either. I mean, that's going to be a big question mark in a ballpark that, quite honestly, favors the uh, favors the hitters. I mean, hell, Joey Votto has made a career because it's in Cincinnati. I don't know if he would have made it a career. And he's at the else. end. Of, he's a, and even yeah, he's, he's coming to the, the end. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think probably they're around where Milwaukee is. I really wasn't impressed with what the Brewers did in the offseason. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really think that they did enough. I don't think the Cardinals particularly did enough, but they're always going to fight around 500. Right. The Cubs, I think it's like three or four teams around 500 in yep. Pittsburgh. 
essentially just bringing up the bottom. So that's that's the the conversation on the Reds. Uh, In case you guys missed this yesterday, this was a crazy tweet. Um, You know, back, you know, it's it's so funny. We spent probably five or ten minutes defending Mm A-Rod when Paul LaDuca went in on him. And then meanwhile, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the uh, celebrity, I think it was Page Six, uh, which is a New York website slash Mm -hmm. paper, posted a picture, Joe, yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, Mm -hmm. of Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez going to a local workout place in South Florida to work out with the sign on the door, uh, I guess, saying, we're closed, you can't come here. But I guess privilege got them in. But wow, man, all these great things that we were saying about A-Rod. And then wow. he's got to leave the social distancing away. Now, apparently, uh, the website did also report. Now, remember, this is a gossip site, too. Right. So take that with a grain of salt. But they said that uh, J-Lo's handlers did wipe down the doors. And they oh, okay. wiped down. That was the, nice. That was- but still, like, that's the whole, like, you're, like, A-Rod, come on, man. Just stay home like the rest of us. Listen, Figure it out. Tom Brady's in a 30,000-square-foot mansion right now in Tampa. It's got a workout room. It's got, like, you, between you and J-Lo, you can't, you, you ain't got nothing in the house. You can, uh, you can bowl. There's no gym in there, no nothing. What's good? You got to go to a, I, I can't with this. No excuse. Zero. Yeah. Oh, it's really, you know, unfortunate. But again, now, maybe maybe it'll come out over the weekend that the picture was taken from like two years ago. Yeah, well, like. that could be too. Or they own it. You know, they might own the gym too. That could possibly be. Probably owns the building. And you still haven't left the house yet? Have you, have you ventured out? No. At all? Oh, no. Well, I got a studio that's actually not in the house. So the studios that we're at here are actually uh, on the other side of town. So, But I don't really? mind because there's no traffic. So we're, we're good to go. So, yeah. So we're, uh, we're I, didn't, I, I thought I thought you had the studio in your home. No, no, we got uh, we got about 2000 square feet in these studios here that we uh, that we oh, can do a lot of work with. So that's uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time here, but I am literally the only one in here. So um, this is it. Right. <laughs> a lot of buttons I'm pushing. It's like it's uh, running around I didn't in circles. All that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, got my uh, some... got my Lysol and Claire, you know, got my Clorox wipes. We're good to go. But. I'm the only hey, one here. We all got to make a living. You're the only one there. You and former Social Yankees. Social distancing, baby. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for our, yes, for our first hour yep. of this show. But you'll want to stay tuned because we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we're going to touch on some of the iconic stadiums in mm-hmm. sports history and some of the best players who have played there. Also, Joe and I will go- get into the discussion as to whether or not we've been to any of these places. Also, mm-hmm. in the second hour of our show, which is a little bit down the line, uh, Gray Albright for brassball.com is going to join us here on the show as well. So stay tuned. Plenty more to come. However you're watching this show, continue to do it. Thank you guys so much and girls for supporting us here at SportsGrid. We'll be back with a lot more coming up right after this break. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 